Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my experience of grief and helping others to do the same serve as regular reminders that we are not alone. When we allow all the parts of us to have an expression of life, including the painful ones, we may just feel more human and less less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. Thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about our reactions to people who aren't behaving the way we expect them to. This post is entitled, What's Your Problem? And if you have the opportunity, I recommend getting a look at the picture, the image that was shown in the post for this on the 14th of June in 2023. It's also uh, in my social media. So here goes. I have a passion for fresh lilies. Perhaps carrying stargazer lilies down the aisle at my wedding in 1994 is one of the reasons. Lilies are so simple and elegant, independent and graceful. They don't go to any trouble to show off. They just stand in their water with dignity, patiently waiting to be noticed and enjoyed. They open slowly at their own pace. And what is released from a fully bloomed lily is magical. The fragrance is the scent of nature, sweet, distinct, and simple. Take a look at the lilies in the photo. When I buy them in bunches, I like to divide them among different vases and place them around my home. When I walk into a room and notice a lily's been opening, it feels like time stops. I literally feel like they're waving at me. And these particular lilies in this picture have so many buds. They look like they're about to burst forth into life with plenty of blooms, beauty, and fragrance. But believe it or not, these lilies have passed their prime. They may appear to be fresh and waiting to open. But the truth is that these flowers are nearly three weeks old. They've been placed in different places of my home, 
And over the last three weeks, despite water, food, light, and love, they refuse to blossom. (laughs) The lily petals are simply starting to dry and crumble and fall off of the plants because they're nearly dead. And I feel like asking these flowers, what's your problem? (laughs) I liken these quote-unquote past their prime, unquote, lilies to humans. When was the last time someone didn't show up in the way you expected? Are you familiar with the feeling of anticipating a rote behavior from someone, a stranger even, only to find that they're apathetic or uninvolved? Ever say hello to someone and have them ignore you? That would be yes for me a million times. Perhaps you greeted someone enthusiastically and they looked away. Maybe you asked a question and you were ignored. Or perhaps you paid someone a compliment compliment, and they didn't say anything. See if you can bring to mind a moment when someone reacted to you in a way that made you think to yourself, or even say out loud, what's your problem? It's tempting to call people out when this happens. We want responses. We crave interaction. We notice when we're being ignored. And we expect people to behave in the way that we think they should. When they don't, we automatically conclude that there is something wrong with them. The question what's your problem, is a natural question that arises when we feel someone should be doing something other than what they're doing. Let's take an example of sitting in a business meeting. Imagine one of your team members walking into your meeting late and abruptly. When you try to engage with this person, they just look away behave in a distracted manner, and in some ways, they don't even seem like they're there. I've had this happen, and my inclination was to pull that person aside and say, hey, what's your problem? (laughs) However, I did not. I have learned a great deal about this question over the years, specifically as it relates to trauma recovery. In addition to others, I discovered useful intel from a relatively new book, about two years old, called What Happened to You. And it's co-authored by neurologist Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Essentially, these two dynamic minds have combined science with human behavior and created a more effective and productive way to approach ourselves and others. Hint. It has to do with changing our question from what's your problem to what happened to you? Can you feel the energetic difference when the question changes? If someone ignores me and I notice it, (laughs) I may be tempted to say, what's your problem? But actually, as the above book brilliantly and simplistically demonstrates, That a question like this makes us defensive, in addition to making an assumption that there is a problem. 
Alternatively, if we ask, or at least think in our minds, what happened to you? Why are you behaving this way? We are showing interest, compassion, and empathy even into the experience of that individual. We shift from our own unchallenged conclusion that there's a problem with this person to instead getting curious about what has actually happened in this person's life or in their day to have them behaving the way that they are. Initiating the question allows for space and additional information to arise when we feel that someone isn't acting the way we think they should. It keeps us from reacting in a defensive and critical way. We move from taking on an uncommon reaction and taking it personally, and the example it would be to be ignored or to be busting into a meeting late. We go from taking it personally to being proactive in our quest to try to understand instead of judge. So I knew this would be hard to convey in a blog post. But when I saw that my three-week lilies never bloomed in any of the different places that they were, I saw an opportunity to bring this concept to life. So quick reminder to go back and look at the flowers again. Can you imagine looking at these dried dried buds and asking, what's your problem? As mentioned, I was inclined to do that, but I started to get curious and ask questions such as, do the lilies have enough water? Do they have enough light? Do they have enough space to bloom? What happened to them that literally none of the dozens of buds from different stocks came into full blossom? It's ridiculous to imagine myself saying to these amazing, beautiful creatures, what's your problem? Why aren't you blooming? Instead, I'm just curious. I start wondering what happened between the time the flowers were grown and the time they got to my home. And it's this experience and participation in being curious that I wish to encourage, emphasize, and illustrate with this blog post. Because if we can move from critical to curious, then we can cultivate our own actions such that they seek to clarify and not condemn. Let's say that one again. If we can move from critical to curious, we can cultivate our own actions such that they seek to clarify, not to condemn. In other words, we're asking questions. We're not coming to conclusions. We're certainly not judging, and we're certainly not criticizing. And this applies to our responses both to ourselves and to others. We can literally teach ourselves to ask questions, touch someone's shoulder with encouragement if appropriate, and even make statements like, hey, it seems like you're having a tough morning. Let's go get some coffee and talk it through. Or, I see that you're having a hard time. Let's go for a walk. The goal in that moment 
is to avoid my own temptation to judge or defend, and to instead just engage and investigate. So no, I didn't ask the lilies, what's your problem? Instead, again, I got curious. I thought, wow, how odd. These flowers somehow didn't get the ingredients they needed or the conditions to be the fullest expression of themselves. I wonder if there's anything else I can do to help them along. So a couple questions come to mind when we start going down this path. The first is, how would our relationships change if we got curious about why people do what they do instead of just reacting or rushing to judgment? How could that business meeting, the example we talked about, feel different if the person coming in late felt concern and care from their team rather than judgment and criticism? How would our homes be different if, instead of concluding that someone has a problem when they get home angry and disengaged at the end of the day, we could learn to seek to understand why their behavior is aberrant and move to solution building instead of writing off that person as a jerk or just being rude. These are all just a couple of the great questions we can teach ourselves to ask. In the meantime, (laughs) I have thrown my unblossomed lilies in the trash, knowing that whatever they missed out on in their development caused them to miss their opportunity to become full-fledged flowers. Whatever condition or circumstance stunted the development process was unrelated to me, my appreciation for them, or anything that I did. So I don't have to take it personally. There is no problem. Only curiosity. It's not a flaw. It's not me. And it's not them. It just is what it is. Judging the situation will not make them bloom. But opening my heart and mind may give me clues about the best way forward. With a flower, with a colleague, or with a friend. Ask questions, get curious, and save the judgment for another day. So thanks again for checking out this episode of the Healing Path podcast. And as I mentioned during the blog post, I've been waiting to talk about this for a long time, ever since really when I was reading this book, What Happened to You by Dr. Perry and Oprah. Uh, I was so fascinated with the content. And I do want to share that there's a workbook that goes along with that book. So if you know anyone that has suffered from trauma, or if you yourself need some support, um, the book and the workbook, I mean, I've gifted these to people. And I, I do think that they are, you know, a good guide to kind of tackling some of that stuff and just kind of learning how to ask the question of what happened to you or what happened to me, rather than saying, you know, what's wrong with you or what's your problem. So yeah, Dr. Perry and Oprah. So in the way that they sort of came to just a little history on that book, the way that they came to put that together and collab on this was Oprah, my understanding from her podcasts um, is that, you know, she had started the school in Africa for girls and gone to some great extent, uh, 
you know, gone to some great lengths to make it a beautiful place, to make it a safe place where for students, you know, could for the first time ever maybe have their own bed or their own blanket or, you know, to just know that they're safe. And what ended up happening was after, you know, a couple, a little bit of time in, I don't know if it was a couple of years or what, um, but what they started noticing was, and they started coming to Oprah with the fact that a lot of the girls were self-abusive. And so they were doing things like cutting, um, they were having fights with each other. And so she had to go back to the drawing board a little bit and say to Dr. Perry, who's a neurologist, I think a behavioral neurologist, who said, you know, maybe we need to look a little more, a little bit more closely at this. And what they found was that the girls who had really been specifically exposed to trauma, um, particularly either in their very early years or, you know, as a repeated um, situation, that they they couldn't receive, you know, the love and support that was around them. And they're, um, they were kind of trapped in their own uh, trauma cycle. And instead of asking, hey, what's wrong with these girls? We need to start finding out what happened to them because it's going to help us build uh, a bridge between how this person's showing up now and how they, you know, probably came into being. So that's what we want to look at. That's what we want to get really good at. And I just think that we can be very quick um, to conclude. And I, I talk a lot about neurology and brain activity, but you know, our brains, I've talked about this before, they want to fill in the blanks. They want to do it quickly and efficiently, and they're not interested in changing. So when there's something in our brain that we don't understand, or that the brain, I would just say, doesn't compute, it searches immediately to start. It pulls on memory. It pulls on, you know, circumstances. It pulls on any kind of data to fill in the blank. So if I say, Good morning, Alexis. And you look the other way, or even, you know, don't even look up at all. Um, my inclination, my brain's inclination is to go ahead and jump to the conclusion that something's wrong with that person. What's their problem? But in fact, uh, what we're saying is we can train our brains, and this is what they talk a lot about in in the book, what happened to you is that we can actually train our minds to think differently and to ask questions instead of, you know, jumping in with answers. So that is actually very encouraging. And I just, I, the only other thing I want to mention is I do like to take these blog posts and, and podcasts and think about how to relate them back to grief. And I think that this is a really easy one because for anyone who's lost a loved one, um, you know, and we know firsthand that we can become very self-absorbed, um, not intentionally so, and not that there's any negative connotation other than the fact that, you know, we lose our self-awareness when we're in pain. So I would say, if anything, the value of this particular post as far as, you know, moving from what's your problem and judgment to what happened to you. And in many cases, it would be, you know, what happened? Did you lose someone you love? Tell me about it. And when we get curious, then we have a better shot at actually connecting. And this is true, as I mentioned, between, you know, in our own internal kind of mind talk that we do, you know, we're quick to judge ourselves. And instead, maybe we could just try saying, hey, you know, what happened today? What's happened in the day that's making me feel so out of control or so anxious or so frustrated or 
you know, so rebellious or so whatever the thing might be. And we ask those questions about ourselves. And then we also ask them about each other. So particularly related to grief, you know, we need to give some really blanket passes to people that are hurting around us and know and trust in the relationships enough that there's enough love and enough stability and of a foundation there in the friendship that if one person goes off the rails because they're in the middle of a tragic situation, that they're going to be able to bounce back from that. And I do think that one of the critical ways that we can change the course of something like that, which would be unfortunate, um, is that we ask these questions instead of just assuming that people are, you know, ignoring us on purpose or, you know, like it's something we did and taking it personally. It's not. Don't take it personally. It's not personal. If people are ignoring you, either they're in grief or they're in the middle of something else and they just, they're not aware of what they're doing. So as always, I'd love to hear your feedback on this uh, topic at the blog, which is lisamcfarland.com slash blog. There's a link to that in the podcast. And I just do love to hear from you guys. Um, And just a quick reminder, we're two meditation classes in for the month of June. So we have two left. Um, Next Wednesday, the 21st of June, we'll be going over the last four steps in the 10-step meditation, uh, build your stillness practice. And on the last week, which will be in two weeks on the 28th, we'll be going through everything again. So if you've missed the first two or three meetings and you want to jump in and just get like one really good solid direction and kind of set up 10 steps. Um, Wednesday's Wednesday, the 28th of June is a really good way to do that. And the links to this are both in my social media and on the um, website. And also you can reach me at info at lisamcfarland.com if you have any questions. So until we meet again, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful, and to stay healing. And as always, I just so sincerely thank you for listening.